It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Good evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, December 11th, 2022, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas. And we have another great program for you today. And of course, Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly as usual. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined once again by musician, author, yoga, meditation teacher, interfaith minister, author of over 30 books, weekly contributor to Medium, and host of the new podcast, Coaching Nuggets and Insights, Reverend Goodjohn Bergman. And this time, Goodjohn will help us close out 2022 and bring in 2023 with more inner peace and mindfulness in our very noisy world. And also, we'll be joined by the twins, Minerva and Ruben, from Bay of Bandadas once again to talk about another Mexico travel destination. And along the way, since December is often thought of as the month for giving and for kindness, I'll close out the year um, uh, on this, our last show of the year, with a discussion about compassion for living a more passionate life. Last week was self-compassion, and this week is compassion for others. And after the show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with any website links given on the program. And you can hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash, your golden years. And you'll also be able to hear it right away on Apple Podcasts. And for information from previous programs to listen to all of the previous programs that we've done in the last nine years, um, go to my website, Dr. Mara Carpell. You can hear them all on blogtalkradio.com, slash, your golden years. And all of them are also on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to find out what's coming up next, the future shows and other events, and when I post blogs, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AMightyGoodTime.com. Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more. Whether it's in person or virtual, anything can be found to fill your days connecting with other people. So be more active, start connecting with other people, and go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. 
Um, but it's going to be very brief, so don't go anywhere. Um, right after the break, we'll be joined by Reverend Good John Bergman to talk about finding inner peace in our noisy world. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9241. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. We're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone, once again, we have interfaith minister and author, writer, host of a new podcast, yoga and meditation teacher, Reverend Good John Bergman. Welcome, Good John. Thank you, Mara. Glad to be with you again. I'm so glad that you're back on the program at this time of the year because this is an especially stressful time for a lot of people, and I think these days it's just really stressful altogether. Um, and I, I think we can use some help finding a way to inner peace during this time. Um but I want to remind you just before we go any further that there's a slight delay when we speak like this. So just good, good to have that in mind. So, sorry, we got muted for a second. Um, maybe good job. We could start with a brief history of who you are for people who haven't heard you heard you before. Okay. Um... There is no such thing, I guess, as a brief history. I've done a lot of different things in my life. <laughs> started out in the music industry in my uh, native country of Iceland. And uh, then I turned my life around and, and quit drinking uh, and, and everything else that went with a rock and roll lifestyle in 1999. and went head on into uh, yoga and helping people. And I guess that's just been my life ever since. I've found various ways of, of helping people and enriching myself in the process. Uh, that's included teaching yoga, stress management, meditation. Uh, a few years ago, I did get ordained as an interfaith minister, although I don't work like in that capacity much today. I, I, I do more coaching uh, as of now. And I like the role of coach because it's not the same as the role of teacher. It's rather mm -hmm. helping people figure things out uh, on their own uh, by asking questions, by offering, uh, you know, insights, and by providing practices where people can actually do things for themselves and then come back with the results and we can discuss the results. Uh, I find that the more ownership people have over their self-improvement, self-growth, uh, you know, the uh, better the results. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm 
Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going, you know, this time of year tends to be stressful for people in general. Um, and I think in the past few years, we've been just really stressed out all year round. And now this is just, you know, we're super stressed right now. Um, so any thoughts about what we can do to find inner peace in such a noisy time? Well, I mean, sadly, the word stress, and I talked about this, I guess, 20 years ago, has become this umbrella concept we use to, you know, describe a variety of different things. And so I guess the first thing to do if you say, oh, I'm feeling so stressed, is to stop and think, why? <laughs> Sometimes it's it's because of the way you're uh, living, because of your schedule. Some of it can be uh, outside influences. Uh, some of it can be emotional. Some of it can be physical. And so it's really important uh, as you would go to a doctor and they would try and figure out what's wrong when you say something generic I think it's really important to, to uh, pause and think to yourself, okay, I'm feeling stressed. Why? Because you can't fix a problem if you don't define what it is first. I think that's a, a, a very important uh, mm-hmm. first step. The, you know, and then there are generic things you can do. <laughs> you know? Okay. You can, you can Plan your day and plan plan your life. I just wrote an article about how planning can actually help you be more in the moment. Uh, A lot of people think that those are, uh, you know, contradictions, that you're either in the moment or you plan everything. And I find after after 20 years of doing this is that uh, actually planning helps me live in the moment. It's it's where Brian Tracy meets Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh (laughs) It's you, you plan your day, and then you only do one thing at a time. And that's where the, you know, any type of meditation or focus practice comes in handy where you can exclude everything, focus on one thing, and then when you're done with that, only then do you start thinking about the next thing. I think a lot of people end up with a pile of to-dos in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, that they feel like they can never accomplish. And and because their to-dos are nagging them, they feel uh, stressed in the moment. They can't even focus on the things that they're doing. And as a result, they get less done with what they're doing, which piles on the work. It becomes this vicious cycle. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess those things together define what it is that you're struggling with and then Mm -hmm. slow down a little bit plan and then whatever you're doing and I guess the 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 fourth thing would be to um, focus on the things you can control Uh, I've noticed an uh, an increased interest in stoicism in the last few years and the central idea in stoicism is this that only focus on the things that you can control and Mm. let go of everything else and that's the central concept. And I, I think, think people, yes, sorry, go ahead. 
Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think people got a little lost after social media came <laughs> into the uh-huh. forefront. I think people got a little lost in thinking that they could control things that they really had no control over. Just because they could um, publicly express themselves about them doesn't mean that they can control the outcome. Uh, and so I think a lot of people got very invested in outcomes that they had no direct control over. And therefore, they're feeling very, very stressed about life in general because they're assuming responsibility for things that are well without their realm of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of answers the the second part of my question, which is, which was um, going to be, what about when the stress is coming from the outside? And I think that that kind of answers that question that we're all, we're looking outside at all the things. There's a lot of things going. There are a lot of things going on in the world. Not all of them are good, <laughs> um, but as you said, we don't. If we focus on it as if we can control it, that just gives more stress. Yeah, because it's not realistic. Exactly. It's a belief that we think, oh, if I just focus on it enough, then it'll change. Um, Now, I'm not saying don't do social justice work or political work Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you feel you need to do, but just remember to control the things that you can control in the process and not get obsessed over the things you can't. Uh, the more you focus on your intention, the more you focus on your uh, actions, uh, the more you feel in control, and therefore the less stressed uh, you will feel. Uh, now, th- there is a little bit of a difference here, Mara, that I want to mention. Uh, sometimes stress is coming from the outside in situations in which we, um, Let's not say stuck, but if we have chosen to be in for one reason or another. This can mm-hmm. be a relationship, a workplace, uh, or something like that. And so, you know, when the stress is overwhelming in such situations, we really have three choices. We can stay and suffer in, in, the, in the situation. We can stay uh, and, and make changes as, as much as we can on our self or, or within, or we can leave and change. And, and a lot of the times just leave and they don't make uh, the internal changes. So they end up in the same situation uh, mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. those are three important things. Like a lot of people don't do what they could do to improve the situation from their side. Uh, and I think, Quite frankly, everybody could do more. Again, it comes back to the stoicism, I guess. Control yourself in the relationship. <laughs> Decide what your intention is. Be there in the relationship uh, and and look at your contributions or, or lack thereof and see how you can improve that instead of just complaining and waiting for other people to change. I guess that's the same kind of essence uh, when people are stressed and, and all they do is complain that other people are not changing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of fits with the bigger picture of what things going on in the world that we don't like, that if we just complain about it, that's stressful. But if we actually become part of, you know, a planned action, you know, get involved, 
volunteer, join organizations or whatever, then you feel more, you feel less stressed because you're actually doing something without the expectation that it's going to immediately change. (laughs) Yeah. It's understanding the balance there. So, yes, I am Mm -hmm. contributing, but my contribution is just that. And it's, you know, that doesn't mean that even though I contribute, everything is going to change overnight. Right. Right. Patience. (laughs) (laughs) A rare commodity. Yes. But that brings us to the next part of it, which is finding that inner peace. In order to be patient, we sort of have to find a way to calm ourselves down inside. And I know you've written a lot of very helpful blogs about meditation. And um, and you had a very you had a recent blog about tips tips for meditation to make it a little bit easier. People feel very some people are afraid to meditate because they're afraid they're going to fail. So can you talk about that? Some of the ways that we can calm ourselves down through meditation and very simple simple ways that leave us that are sustainable where we don't say, oh, I'm failing. Yeah, so I like the idea of mindfulness as a concept that is that includes meditation but is not limited mm-hmm. to meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That means that we can do more mindful activities throughout the day, uh, that we really don't have to meditate and still we can use a lot of the concepts of meditation and just more mindful interactions with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. The most helpful concept that I have come across is the the mindfulness cycle. It is focus, wander, notice, return, and then focus, wander, notice, return. And everybody understands the first part. You know, you, you choose something to focus on. It can be external, music, candle, or nature, something like that. It can be physical, uh, your breath, the, the tongue against your teeth or against the raisin, uh, sensations of heat and cold, uh, your body posture, or it can be internal, anything from a uh, an image to, um, you know, any kind of word or phrase. And you focus on whatever you've chosen, whether it be external, physical, or internal. And that's the first part. Now, here's the second part that a lot of people, they don't realize happens to everybody, (laughs) no matter how long they've been doing this. It is the mind wanders. Mm -hmm. And I wrote another article recently that the wandering mind is not the enemy. It, It is the nature of the mind to wander. And so every time that the mind wanders, it, that's just what it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we right. can't be angry at the nature of the mind. And so that brings us to the third part, is you focus, wander, and you notice. You go, hey, I, I was focused and, and I wandered. <laughs> now you have a choice mm-hmm. what to do at that point. You can uh, either get really angry at yourself, which a lot of people do, and this is really the point in which a lot of people stop meditating or stop trying to be mindful is that they say, well, my mind is always wandering. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? right. uh, and, and then, and then follows a whole slew of, of negative self-talk 
uh, where they where they you know judge themselves very very harshly for being so stupid. Why can't we just why can't I just focus? And that's not the point of this practice. The point is that you notice and then you just return to focusing with no judgment about why you wandered or where you went or anything like that because that's just acknowledging, hey, here's the nature of the mind. The mind wanders. You're going to mm-hmm. be angry at water for flowing? You know? Right. No, that's the nature of water. It flows. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, angry for the, for the, at the sun for shining. You know, it, it, those are the things that, that people go, no, I, of course I wouldn't be angry at the sun for shining. But that's kind of the same thing here. So I find, quite frankly, that when people make peace with this part of themselves, with this nature of the mind to wander, that actually gives them a lot of peace because they're no longer angry at themselves for when the mind wanders. Uh, And so when they notice, they go, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I wandered. That's okay. Now I'm just going to return to focusing on either the external thing, the physical thing, or the internal thing that I chose Mm -hmm. to focus on. And this can be work even. This can be a relationship. You're in a relationship. You're having a discussion. How many times have people experienced this? You're having a discussion. Your mind wanders. Right. Uh (laughs) In the discussion, right? Even now, you were listening. You know, your mind wanders. You have a choice. You you notice, you go like, oh, I'll just return to whatever we were talking about. And if I need to make up lost time by asking a question, what I missed and something, I'll just do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so applying this process of focus, wander, notice, return to just about everything can, can make life much more present, much more mindful, and therefore less focused on um, the past or the future, which is the, the cause of a lot of our regret and worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned in your article about this that the key is getting better at noticing when your mind is wandering. Because sometimes our mind wanders and we don't even realize that our mind has wandered and we've gone like 20 minutes off in another direction. So, oh, yeah. I guess so. I guess yeah. I mean, that's that's set the intention. Yeah, that's the mental weightlifting. The mental weightlifting Mm -hmm. is noticing, and so Mm -hmm. what what will happen is your mind will still wander, but you'll be quicker to notice, and you'll be quicker to return, and you will be able to focus for a little bit longer. And then when your mind wanders, sometimes it'll take twenty minutes. Other times it'll take two seconds, and go oh. My mind wandered. That's okay. I'm just going to return. And so this mm-hmm. noticing part is 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 very important. There is a, a secret fifth part <laughs> of this okay. cycle: it's focus, wander, notice, uh, return. And that is the being that happens between focus and mm-hmm. wandering. Mm-hmm. And so when you focus for an extended period of time, and people talk about this in uh, you know, flow state, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, or, or the zone that, that marathon runners talk about, that when you focus for an extended period of time, you sometimes just go into a being state 
where you're not really focusing, but you're not wandering either. Sadly, some people view this as wandering as well because they're no longer focusing. But the being part is essential to any kind of peace and meditation. So when you sense that you're just being, allowing yourself to stay there, and then if the, when the mind finally wanders, you go, oh, now I notice it wandered, and so I'm going to return to focusing. Uh, and I find that this is the little secret sauce because when people can settle into that being state more often, uh, it doesn't have to be very long to be very uh, rejuvenating. Um, mm-hmm. But this also ties into what my friend Charles McInerney, uh, another Austinite, talks about toxic goals. Goal is very good for you so long as you're striving towards something. But once you get the goal and the, the, the goal becomes to not lose your progress, then it becomes toxic. So sometimes what happens is that people are focusing, then they feel this being, then their mind wanders and they go, no, 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 I don't want to lose the, <laughs> the, the peace. I I, you know, and they try to hold on to that. And then that again becomes a, a toxic thing. So it is kind of gently being in between there in the being sense and, um, and allowing yourself to say, okay, that was, that, those were great 10 seconds. And that's good, <laughs> it, you know. Uh-huh. And it, when it and when it becomes five minutes, that's that's great too. But allowing yourself to, when you're in that being state, to say that you know, to let go of it when it passes. And and I guess the final point I'll make about this is that you know, over the past twenty five years of, of practicing meditation, one of the things that changed the most for me was shifting from an expectation of a permanent state, something you know, an idea of enlightenment. You know, if I just do this long enough, I'll always be peaceful, to accepting the fact that all moments are temporary. And that means Moments of pain and moments of peace, they're all temporary. That means they're all going to pass. And so allowing for this transitory reality, uh, temporary reality, I think helps me accept, you know, when there's pain, that's okay, it's going to pass. But also when there's peace, I go, well, that's going to pass as well, but I'll, I'll, I'll find it again because I have a practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important that we keep in mind that if we allow it to pass, all emotions pass, right? Yeah. It's when we grab onto them or worry that they're going to stay, that they stick around. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. If you've ever been in an argument with another person, you know that if the, if the argument is long, that there comes a time where, where emotions have calmed down and people are not as angry anymore. It's not until they focus again on the thing that makes them angry that they become angry again. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so that's really, you know, so, so you, can, you can actually keep yourself in a rather negative state if your point of focus is 
negative. And then when your mind wanders to something positive and you notice, well, I'm not no longer thinking about how the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And then you go, hey, I better return to that because that's what's really happening. And I need to stay focused on what's yeah, really no, happening. Yeah. And so you can actually use the mindfulness cycle uh, to your detriment. Right. I think people get into a state of mind where they want to stay angry or even if they want to stay anxious because they think that anxiety helps prevent bad things. (laughs) There's that, that belief. Um, Okay. So I know we're, we're running out of time and there's so much more to talk about. So I would love to have you come back on the program again early next year if if you're available. Oh, be happy to. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um so but before we go, tell us tell us what your coaching is, what your coaching involves. Okay, well, I have a coaching practice, a small one called Be Here Get There Coaching. Uh you can find it at behergetthere.com. And as the name implies, it is focused on those two separate but equally important things is being and also achieving things. And I find that um, this was something that I was interested in from the time that I was introduced to both meditation and goal setting. So how can I combine these two elements? Because I think they're both super important in life. Uh, And that's what I've done over the past 25, you know, almost 30 years now. Um, Mm -hmm. is to focus on balancing those two elements and using each when appropriate. Uh, One of the biggest myths out there is that mindfulness will make you kind of flat and peaceful all the time. No, mindfulness is for recharging. And then you have to live life. Life is here now. And and, and whatever you're doing, uh, you know, if you get the more clarity you can have in life, the the easier it will be to navigate uh, whatever you're dealing with. And so I've mm-hmm. been helping people get clarity, uh, for, you know, create a, a dream or a vision uh, of the future, and then align their actions today with that dream or vision. And then I've also been helping people who've been going through transitions. Uh, and I define a transition is where the rules you used to live by no longer apply. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I used to live. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course I've been helping a lot with, uh, with stress and mindfulness. That's kind of been uh, what I've done most of over the years. Sometimes, um, you know, you need to strive rather than relax. And sometimes you mm-hmm. need to relax because you've been striving too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's finding mm-hmm. that, that elusive balance, I think. And, and people are looking for it more and more. They're not um, satisfied with being either or, either striving or just relaxing. They they want, you know, more and more people want both of these things, as you see. Right. For example, in the, tech, in the tech world, you know, where meditation has become a big part of company culture in, in some companies. Mhm, mhm, well, I think too, when people are you know get really relaxed, then you know 
they start to feel motivated to do something, <laughs> right? If we were just lying around all the time, um, that, that's not very exciting. Um, well, I, so, as an author of 30 books, I can say that relaxation is genuinely a source of creativity. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. you end up wanting it, it, to do and, something. And comes from within. The, the, the mm-hmm. energy comes from within when you are still and listen. And it's different from lethargy. And people confuse the two. They say, I don't want to lie around being lazy all the time. Right. And, and I say, no, no, no. No, relaxation, if you practice it correctly, will give you more energy, not less energy. And, mm-hmm. and so if, if you're practicing something and it gives you less energy, that's called laziness. And that's what, you know, so you can actually do the same thing, watch TV and one person stands up, energized, the other one is just totally done. Uh, or, right. or take a bath. Yeah, take a bath. You stay too long in the bath. Whoops. All my energy is gone. But if you stay just the right time, Goldilocks approach. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Balance. Then you have more energy. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people find out more about your coaching, um, the, all those books that you've written, your blogs, and your new podcast? What's the best place the, or places The quickest way is just to go, go to be, yeah. Go to BeHereGetThere.com, and there mm-hmm. you'll find links to my uh, interspirituality blog, to my coaching blog, to my coaching podcast, to all my social media, and, and you can learn more about the coaching. And contact me and, and set up a, a free discovery session. If you, if you think uh, what you've heard, is, you know, hey, I, I, I like this guy. He might be able to help me. We can have a, a, a free discussion. And, uh, my goal is never to strong arm anybody into a relationship that has to be, you know, this is what I need. And I say, okay, I can help you. And then we work together. It's not a, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. see too many coaches out there are doing these sales pitches where they, where they promise the world and then they can't deliver. And that's not good for the industry. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I'll be, I will post that on my, website post about this show tonight so people can get that link if they missed it or they didn't write it down um, later tonight. And also I'm going to post the interview I did on your podcast. That'll be on my website later tonight as well. Great. That was such a great talk. I really appreciated you coming yeah, on the show. Thank I, you for that. I really enjoyed it. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in listening to some of the other interviews that you've done on that program as well. They look really interesting. Thank you. So thank you again. And I'll be in touch with some dates about having you back on the program early next year. And meanwhile, have a wonderful holidays and a happy new year and stay safe. You too. Happy holidays. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. 
please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell in your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And um, before we go to the twins in Mexico, I want to continue my discussion about compassion. Actually, last week I talked about self-compassion as a way, as a starting point to um, helping us to find joy and light in this difficult time. And self-compassion would include um, some of the things that we just spoke about with Good John, um, finding a way to decrease your stress and um, to be mindful in your life and, and try mindfulness meditation, some form of meditation to calm yourself down. Those would be ways to increase self-compassion. And self-compassion is really needed in order for us to show compassion to other people. Um, You know, strengthening our feeling of compassion and stretching ourselves to show compassion and kindness, um, generosity, the things that we usually associate with December, um, with these holidays, and really should be all year long, um, especially when we show this kind of compassion and generosity of spirit to people that are further outside of our usual circle, our usual tribe. This can be the most powerful of ways to reconnect to our own inner passion, our purpose, our vitality, and our joyfulness. Um, Pushing ourselves to open to compassion for those outside of our tribe has a way of stretching and filling our hearts. So, and the Dalai Lama is quoted as saying, kindness and compassion are the foundation to all good things. And he goes on further to caution that it's a small mind that only embraces those whom one relies, such as friends or and relations. So showing compassion outside of our own friends and our own family is really powerful. Um, and I've spoken about this before, but I think it it bears repeating. Um, kindness, compassion, and generosity have been found to be more effective than antidepressant medication and for increasing our feeling of well-being. I'm going to say that again, and I'm not suggesting that anybody on antidepressant medication should stop their medication and go, you know, because they're volunteering (laughs) and helping other people. But over time, you, you might find that you don't need as much. You might discover that you don't need as much. Um, And for people not on medication, we might not need to be on medication, that this can actually increase our feeling of well-being. Kindness, compassion, and generosity have been found to be more effective than antidepressant medication for increasing our feeling of well-being. 
Um, that research was done by Dr. Sonia Lubomirsky at the University of California. And her research found that acting with kindness and compassion increases the production of serotonin in our brain. Now, serotonin is the neurotransmitter that is responsible for our mood, energy, sleep, sharpness in our thinking, our digestion, and our physical health. And it is the neurotransmitter that antidepressant medications have been created to either mimic or help us to increase in our own brain, depending on which form of antidepressant medication. But serotonin is the key. And acting with kindness and compassion actually increases that key mood chemical. And um, she performed a study where students who participated in, who, who participating students were asked to commit five random acts of kindness per week over a six week period. And these students, the end of the six weeks, were found to have an increase of 41.66% in their self-rated level of happiness. Also, studies that began, numerous studies, this has been over an extended period of time that these research studies have been conducted, and beginning in the 1980s, have found that volunteering to help others is associated with decreased blood pressure, decreased stomach acid, decreased cholesterol levels, as well as increased immunity to viruses and other diseases. It's been correlated with lower mortality rates in older adults, decreased symptoms of stress, better sleep, decreased pain, and better mood. And this has been called the helper's high because one of the one of the chemical reactions from volunteering, in addition to that production of serotonin, the production of endorphins, and those endorphins are those natural feel-good chemicals that um, you might have heard of the runner's high. Um, runner's high is a production of endorphins from extended periods of exercise. We also get that high feeling, the release of endorphins from um, laughing, belly laughs for a long period of time, and we get that from volunteering. Um, and not only that, but not but compassion and kindness doesn't just benefit the people who we're bestowing our kindness on in addition to ourselves, but we help to create mental and physical benefits for observers of our compassionate behaviors. So um, if you listen to this show, you've heard me talk about this, this particular study um, in which participants watched videos of Mother Teresa helping people. And what they found were participants in that study who were just sitting in a room watching videos of Mother Teresa helping people had an increase of immunoglobin A, which, our body, which is our body's natural immune booster. That's what helps us to fight off those viruses and diseases. And that 
has been called the Mother Teresa effect. Um, There's another effect from observing kindness, and that is that when we witness acts of kindness and compassion, it can motivate us, motivate us as observers to find ways to also spread kindness and compassion. Very often, and you might have noticed this, that you, when you watch somebody do something really kind, um, it could be on a video or in person. I've, I can think of several times where I have been a witness in person to somebody, a stranger helping another stranger. Um, and I can attest to the feeling of that warm, tingly, open feeling in our heart, in our chest experience when we observe, we might feel choked up even. And um, that feeling is described by Dr. Jonathan Haidt of the University of Virginia as elevation, a feeling of elevation. And he wrote in his book, um, such feelings of elevation cause it cause warm, open feelings in the chest, and it motivates people to behave more virtuously themselves. So, therefore, just by acting in with with kindness, small acts, we don't have to do something grand if we're not able to. We can do small acts of kindness, but just those small acts of compassion and kindness can have the effect of rippling out so that it we can cause um, joy in the person who receives their kindness. Um, you know, I've heard stories of people who were feeling suicidal and somebody, some stranger did something kind for them, just a small act of kindness, and it made them realize that life was worth living. So by acting kindly and with compassion, we can save lives. But also the people who observe it can benefit from it and we benefit from it in our own feeling of joy and purpose and um and physical health and so we can actually be the change we want to see in the world in those powerful words of mahatma gandhi on the other hand when we turn away from those people who need our compassion the most, we feel, we don't feel good. It's not a good feeling within ourselves when we do that. And when we pick and choose who to feel compassionate for and closing our hearts to the rest, we're actually robbing ourselves of our full human experience of depth and compassion. Now, compassion is not always easy. Um, it can be painful, in fact. Um, it can be difficult. The, the Latin meaning of the word compassion is actually co-suffering. So we might suffer along with those we have compassion for, and I'm sure that you have experienced that, where you felt compassion for people who were suffering and you felt their suffering. Um, and then the kindness and acting on it is what brings about joy. But we first feel that sadness. Um, the price of closing our hearts 
to that that suffering with is very high. It leads to uh, more darkness in the world, more um, anger in our communities, and it doesn't open our hearts to joy and passion. Um, the payoff for acting with compassion is extremely high. And, and I would say in the most challenging situations, it's higher than when it's just easy. Um, so some ways to start to increase our compassion um, would be to start with self-care. Like um, I spoke about last week, um, we don't want to simply burn out and develop compassion fatigue. So we need to have compassion for ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves and treat ourselves like our own best friend, which I spoke about last week. Another way of helping to open our heart to more compassion is the practice of gratitude. Um, when we have gratitude for what we have, it's much easier to be generous with our compassion for other people. And then just practice random acts of kindness. Um, the emotional benefits of kindness and generosity are so powerful that the very act of doing this will bring about more loving kindness within us. So just push ourselves to act with more generosity and our heart will open to more compassion and generosity. Volunteer, you know, join in to some of the organizations that are helping people. Um, and when we do that and we get to know people who are different than us on a personal level, it it humanizes the other and it makes it easier for us to open our heart to them. That's usually the reason that we keep our hearts closed is that we fear the other people. So getting to know the other people really helps us to open our heart to them. Um, so, you know, again, I, I think I, I can't say it enough. I, I talk about it quite a bit on this program. I have guests on the program who are doing compassionate, who are engaging in compassionate acts. We can't truly live out our passion without having sincere compassion for ourselves and for other people. And the wonderful news is that as Jack Kornfield, the great um, meditation teacher, psychologist, author has written, compassion is our nature. We can touch into this compassion whenever our mind is quiet, whenever we allow our heart to open. So, connecting to our compassion can come from doing a mindfulness meditation and having the intention of finding, of connecting to compassion for other people and then acting on that compassion with kindness and generosity will have huge effects. So I'm going to end there. And then now we're going to go to, to the twins after a little music by our producer Art Mendoza, and the twins will talk about another travel destination in Mexico.
but you must take precaution and keep your distance. Okay. All right. Good plan. So thank you both again. Uh, where are you taking us next time? All right. All right. We've come to the end of another program. And it's also this this is the last show of twenty twenty two. And um, we will be back in January in the new year, 2023, with more um, of our very interesting guests and musicians and um, really looking forward to the new year and all the interesting shows that we're going to have. So I want to wish you all a very safe, happy, and healthy holiday, whichever of the holidays you celebrate. And um, be sure to stay connected through my Facebook page because I'll be using this time to post new blogs and other things of interest So, um, for living with passion and joy. So be sure to go to Dr. Mara Carpell, your golden years. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show, get the website link that we discussed on the program, go to my website. All of that will be posted later tonight, drmaricarpel.com. And you can also hear this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash Your Golden Years. And it'll, it'll also be ready for you to listen to on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AMightyGoodTime.com. Thank you to my guests, Good John Bergman, Minerva and Ruben in Mexico, and thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, a wonderful few weeks, a happy new year, and remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. See you next year. guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.